Hey, y'all, it's Kiara, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of For Realness Sake. Y'all, I am so excited today because I have a super special guest. I know I say that all the time, but this time I really, really mean it. Hey, (laughs) Martina, it's so good to see you. It's so great to see you, too. (laughs) Thank you for that intro. That was very nice. (laughs) No, thank you so much for joining us. I know this episode is going to be amazing. So many gems to drop okay but before yeah oh my gosh me too but before we get into it I think we should go ahead and let the people know who you are right yes (laughs) (laughs) hey y'all I am Martina Abrahams Ilunga I am the co-founder and chief editor of you had me at black and Mm -hmm. I'm also an executive producer on on natal which is a podcast docuseries about having a baby while black Wow. Yes, y'all. Oh, she's smart. She a boss. She's everything right now. <laughs> and I I love, I know I'm like fangirling low key because I love talking to women who are doing for their community. And because you are black and I'm black, you look like me, girl. Yeah. And I'm just like, I can do this because I have a real life example of someone who's doing it and I always feel so motivated by that and today happens to be International Women's Day you have to tell us is there a woman who has inspired you recently or just throughout your life that you want to share about today oof I mean like where do you begin you know there's so so many women um yes you know I have to obviously like mention my mom and my grandmothers of course um, for their lessons but uh someone who has really been inspiring me lately and I don't I don't think this will come as any surprise is Issa Rae you know I mean I think it's like when we see what she's done obviously inspiring we're very proud of her I love her content many of us love her content but I mean, when you really think that she has been in this game for 10 plus years, like Uh, she launched Awkward Black Girl 10 years ago. And then even before that, she was making, you know, content. That wasn't the first mm -hmm. thing that she's ever produced. And when we think about the glow up and these quote unquote overnight successes and you realize like, no, it's not overnight. It's Mm -mm. 10 years plus of making content in a dorm room or at home and like getting your friends along and like everybody just bringing what they can to the table to support each other and to make like amazing stuff Um, so I find that really inspiring because I feel like on the days where I'm like who's listening who's receiving this like Mm -hmm. you don't know you know am I doing this for no reason I she's definitely a huge inspiration and motivator just her story um, and how she you know just came up as an independent creative so shout out to Issa Shout out to Issa. She is my favorite. So I'm like, it's so funny that you say that because I've been following her as long as YouTube's been around and I've been able to watch her. I remember being like younger Kiera and watching her and saying, wow, I relate so much to this awkward Black girl. Like every scenario, I'm like, that's That's me. me. (laughs) (laughs) And when you really realize that she's also been so true to herself, even though Mm. she's on this huge platform now, she is still that awkward black girl that we saw back on YouTube days. And that's the most inspiring. Yeah. Because she's she's still herself. Yes. And I really, I think what's also so inspiring about her is the way she puts people on, right? Like Mm. it's unabashed about putting people on. And it's um, 
you know, she come. I feel like she's one of those people that like keeps a, a tight circle of friends and she's constantly just like bringing other people in like, mm. you know, and a lot of her team are people that at least from what I understand or have read are people mm. that she's been with for a while. Um, so I don't know. I just think that like, I like the way she moves too. Cause sometimes when you like go behind the curtain of your favorite stars and like mm. people we admire, you don't always like what's happening behind the curtain and that's <laughs> not always as as admirable and from what I can see, I still admire the way she moves too. So yeah, cool. she she is definitely solid, and like she said, she's rooting for everybody black, and we can't be mad at that. Cannot, <laughs> cannot. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that, Martina. That yes, okay, you are a best friend in my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> so as y'all can see, this week's topic is building courage. Mm-hmm. I think that this topic is so important, especially now during this ongoing panorama that we're mm, in <laughs> and how it's just like people are you know going against the grain now they're starting their own businesses they're being more creative they're stepping out on faith and courage right yes and that's not always easy to do normally but especially during these unprecedented times because it's like people look at you crazy if you say I'm quitting my job girl I'm about to start my own business they're like what not Mm -hmm. during this pandemic Mm -hmm. and so I know that courage is something that I've I like to say inconsistently struggled with because I do have these bouts of time in my life where I just feel so just courageous and so bold and so ready. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times where I feel like, man, can I even do any of this or why am I even trying, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I think that this conversation is so important for people who are embarking on new journeys and also people who have kind of been on a journey like me and get discouraged every now and then. Yeah. So Tell me why you think building courage is such an important topic for you. And what do you feel about that? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, when I think, you know, when I think about courage, it's not the like absence of fear. It's really overcoming fear and anxiety, mm. self-doubt, um, still saying yes, even when the voice inside your head sometimes might be saying no, not the voice that's trying to like protect you from real harm, but the Mm -hmm. voice that's maybe listening to the haters or listening to your insecurities um, or listening to things that are actually not meant to really help you thrive. Mm -hmm. And so um, for me, you know, building courage has just been the only way that I've been able to accomplish the things that I want to do, accomplish dreams, take risks, grow has been through building courage mm. because I've, and at every point of my journey as a media maker, as an entrepreneur, um, it's, it's constantly stepping out in courage, stepping out on faith. It, 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 it has not ended. And for me, this has been a five-year journey so far and I don't see wow. it stopping. <laughs> I feel I'm, like, <laughs> I'm always, I think I've, I've kind of realized like, oh, okay, you're always going to be trying to like yeah you can't stop it doesn't ever (laughs) stop like it's like okay I I reached this this you know little plateau or this mountaintop and then it's like okay the next thing like oh my gosh that's so scary and I feel like it's learning how to move through that fear and like operating in courage and faith has been the only thing that's kept me going going forward Mm, yes that mountaintop oh my gosh I 
that's my life at this point. <laughs> like just feeling like I'm just trudging along, trudging along, but not looking down. Because if you look down, it's like you give in to all of those negative, that negative self-talk that you gave yourself and the haters and the doubters and things mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned being on a journey for like five years, doing yes. podcasting and creating new businesses. Tell us about that journey. Yes. So, um, and then, er, you know, earlier in the interview, I had mentioned that I am the co-founder of You Had Me at Black. So You Had Me at Black is a storytelling platform and community um, and we create content and experiences where everyday Black folks are the subject, muse, and consumer. So mm. most people know us for our podcast. It's a storytelling podcast where everyday folks just come on and share true life stories from their lives. And we also do live storytelling events. And we recently launched a, a community program for Black creatives, um, for folks yes. who are really looking for some creative nurturing or looking for a creative outlet, might have some imposter syndrome or are creatively stuck and want to get back to that playfulness that they had when they were a kid and are just looking for a like-minded community of folks in a safe space to do that. And then I also mentioned that um, I work on another podcast called Natal. I'm an executive producer on that one. And um, so my journey, you know, into um, podcasting and entrepreneurship began Five years ago, I can't believe it. Uh, we <laughs> I'm like, well, we launched you had me at Black in May of 2016. And, wow. Mm-hmm, and from, you know, I, I, we started with the podcast. I had never done anything in media before. I barely listened to podcasts at the time. It was really something where I was like, I wanted to create this, this platform where Black folks were sharing stories. Because if you think back to 2016, mm-hmm. um, it was a time where very similar to like the summer we had last summer, right? Like black folks mm-hmm. getting killed in the street by yes. cops, a lot of protests, a lot of frustration. The Black Lives Matter movement was, you know, still very young. And I saw the I saw the harm in seeing black stories told um, by other people. Mm. Right. And not so much like the way the rest of the world sees us, but even like how we see ourselves and how we see each other within the community and how we value ourselves, how we value each other. And um, wanting just to have a place where folks can share stories. And so started with the podcast because it was like, you know, I the audio experience is so intimate right? It's like when we think about our our history and as Black folks and yeah. it being passed down through oral history and oral tradition, the podcast format really lends itself well to that. And it's just so intimate. Like you can like, I feel like our stories are like a warm blanket that like yes. <laughs> you can like cozy yes. up to, you know? Um, and so we started off with that and we um, also then quickly short after launching started doing live storytelling events where we'd bring it's almost not it's not an open mic because pe- people we knew who was coming on we knew what stories they'd be sharing we'd kind of like they practiced a couple times but it was just like a live story hour where we bring mm-hmm. people together they're sharing stories we have drinks and like a dj after we call them kickbacks um, yes. yeah and we started doing them virtually now because of covid um and then yeah we then we launched the kinship which is our community um, but when I first started, I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, I, I barely listened to podcasts. Every podcast I listened to, I was like, it sounds too white. 
Um, and so I, I, <laughs> and so I didn't, I didn't keep listening. <laughs> like I never <laughs> caught on to when I was like, oh, my coworkers would be like, you should listen to this. And I'd be like, okay. And, I was uh, like, and I'm good, you know? Um, yeah. And I didn't work in the media industry. I worked in the tech industry and I was, um, I worked in marketing, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I had, I had marketing chops, but I didn't necessarily have the, the technical, like, how do I make this sound good? chops um and so you know and I think for me this idea of like you had me at black you know the black community is so big and vast and diverse and mm-hmm. all these different stories it's like who am I to try to capture them all who am I to try to like record them all um who am I to um create this platform you know and that was like the self-doubt that I had in my head that I had to from day one, try to talk, like, encourage myself past. I remember um, I had, like, told my boyfriend at the time, he's my husband now, I told him about the idea. And he was like, oh, that's a great idea. You should do it. And we were living, we were long distance. And so there was one night I was like, I was like, okay, I'm going to, like, make the website first. Like, I'm just going to get the domain name and whatever. Like, that's my first step. And I started to, like, write out, you know, what's going to be on the website. And this wave of self-doubt hit me. And I was like, Mm. you know what? No one's going to, I can't do this. No one's going to listen to this thing. No one's going to find this interesting. Shut my computer. And literally at that moment, he called me. He was like, babe, I was just thinking about you having it black and how cool of an idea it is. It's going to be amazing. Like, I can't wait. I'm so excited for you. Like, and he went on and on and on. And I was like, wow, God, like, okay. (laughs) Confirmation, right? Confirmation. He had no idea. I literally had to (laughs) shut my computer and was like, I give up. I'm not doing this. This is too hard. I don't know how to make a podcast. I don't know how to make a podcast that people are going to listen to. How do I get, like, I don't, who's going to tell stories? Who's going to come to my show and tell stories? Um, And so it started started with that. Like, okay, that was a confirmation. And I'm going to push past this fear and I'm going to, act out on courage we had no budget it was me and my sister we didn't know what we didn't know how to make a podcast but we figured it out you sure did that's an amazing story and I'm just like y'all I know I'm so excited (laughs) I'm so excited because I can relate so much but just starting with that that little piece of faith where you had this idea and you thought it was a good idea. Like when you were thinking about it, yes, this, this is going to be amazing. And then when you start that process, you kind of tell yourself like, what? I can't do this. As if God didn't give you this. As if this this wasn't your calling. As if you're not capable, right? Mm-hmm. Because we know all the things that we can do. Mm-hmm. But somewhere along the lines, that little voice that has been created by somebody has told us that we couldn't. And so just to hear that support from your husband, um, boyfriend at the time that was encouraging you, even when you didn't know that you, even when he didn't know that you needed it. Right. And I think that's why it's so important to have like a strong sense of like family, a strong sense Mm -hmm. of, I call it sisterhood or, you know, relationship with your, with your husband, because those are the people that are going to push you when you feel like you can't, you can't do it. Absolutely. I think. Yeah. One of the things, speaking of like community, um, I, you had me a black actually show, like, I feel like God used you had me a black to show me community. 
So prior to starting it, um, I had just moved to a new, a new state in a new city. I moved across the country from New York City to the Bay Area, California. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I had, I'm a year in, I had some friends, but I didn't really know too many people. And it's like when you're starting something new and you don't really know what you're doing, you have Google and then you have people around you, right? <laughs> that can, right. <laughs> yeah, I can try to show you the way and mentor you a little bit. And I mentioned yes. I had no experience in media or journalism or radio or any of those things. And um, I was on this like listserv of Black professionals in the Bay Area. And someone sent out an email like, where are the storytellers at? And this is like a week after I decided I'm going to start a storytelling podcast. Wow. And so I re- replied to that email and she did a meetup. Like she had just moved to the area as well. She was like an actress and the- um, someone in theater. So she just wanted to meet creatives. And so we go to, I go to this meetup and that group of people at that first meetup ended up becoming like some of my, my first and biggest supporters. Like I met, um, I met someone there who was a radio journalist who had also done podcasting. He was like, I'm going to show you everything you need to know about setting up your mic, about how to conduct an interview. That person, the sound, if you listen to you have me at black and you hear the sound, the format of our stories, she is the one who, that format exists because she was a part of that process and cultivating it. Woo! Just like, I just want to help you. Like another black woman. And we're actually really, she lives in Brooklyn now. We actually live really close to each other and we're still good friends. <laughs> um, her name is Adiza Egan. Um, shout out. Shout out to Adiza. And then I told another friend I had just, met and I have told her about the vision like I think I want to do like a live storytelling event just to like launch it and kick it off and she was like I love podcasts I love events and she had done events marketing before so she was like helping to plan the event and then it just like all kind of it just all started going from there and it was just like I would tell people and they would be like oh I know somebody that should be on like they have an amazing story Mm -hmm. and they introduced me to their friend that had a fantastic story like everyone on our first two seasons of the show were people that we were introduced to friends of friends, friends of family that were just like really bought into the vision. And for the first three years of you have me at black's existence, everything was volunteer based. All of the work people just volunteered and pitched in from producing the episodes, from supporting with marketing, from planning events, all of that was people who just say, I like what you're doing. I'm about this. I'm about this movement. I want to be a part of it. I want to support this work. And um, I didn't even know that was possible because I'm not someone who like grew up asking for help. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very independent. I'm very self-sufficient. Uh-huh. And I had to learn how to like where my limits lie and where I need help and how to accept help because a lot of this help people offered. I didn't ask anyone for help. It was like, hey, I was like, oh, by the way, I'm doing this thing. You know, like, if you're like, what's new? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm thinking of starting this podcast. Oh, what? I love this. Like, let me help. You mm. know, like, learning how to accept help and, and also like how to you like funnel people into like where you need them to help. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But yeah, so I mean, community, that support had, and, you know, at our first events, my husband was my bouncer. <laughs> wow. <Your> security. <laughs> he's, a, he's not a security guard, but he was, he, he was security. The black man at the front of the door. Just standing there. <laughs> wow. Come in. Go um, hubby. 
Yeah. So everything was like, it was a very communal, like operation from day one. Mm, That is beautiful. And just imagine if you wouldn't have taken that first leap of just responding to that email and saying, hey, yeah, that's me. How much of this would not have happened, right? And I was nervous responding <laughs> to that email. Ah, like I course. like ta- no, literally talking about courage and fear. I am I'm a chicken. I'm <laughs> I am always afraid, I promise you. I saw that email and I was like, okay, okay, I'm gonna go to this meetup. And going to this meetup, I was nervous to go to the meetup. Usually I'm social. I like to go out. I'm down to go to happy hour, meet people. But now I'm going as like this person who has an idea, right? And I have a room with these creatives. And I, and I, I kind of went on a mission because I'm like, I, I'm going to need people to share their stories or like, I had to let people know, like it wasn't a podcast where it was just me talking and interviewing people. It's like the format of the show is each episode is a different storyteller with a different story. And I'm very much in the background. And so I just needed to connect with as many people as possible. And so like getting over that fear of just like, all right, I have this idea where you just come on my show, you know, and, and <laughs> like responding to that email, my heart was pounding. It sounds corny, but. No, it doesn't. Not to me. <laughs> Not to me. I'm like, yes, I'm that person who I'm sitting on emails right now because of like the fear, right. Of like, the fear of rejection, yes. the fear of not, you know, not getting a response at all, or what yes. if, you know, I sound stupid, or you know, I'm whatever. Intimately familiar with that. <laughs> yeah, so that's even that is motivating for me. Like, girl, just do it because you never know what's on the other side of that. I mean, you got your whole crew, you know, in the first couple of seasons of your podcast, just from that. Yes. So that, you that know was that a snowball. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. A and it's one of those Ooh. things where it's like you had said before, like, didn't God give you this idea? Like the idea is the mm. blessing, right? And so it's just kind of yeah. like, you have to like ride on that, right? And yeah. It in, our and in our minds, like he's going to provide everything you need for it to come in, into fruition. Ooh. And that's something that's I had to word. learn, something I had to, to trust. Because at the time I was just like, ah! <laughs> the whole time. That's, but yes. Yeah, that is a whole word, Martina. Like, do you not understand, y'all? I hope y'all catching this because that is so true. I always say, I feel like I say this almost every episode, but God is not going to give you a gift and not make room for that gift to grow. Now, he's so much like Ikea, right? He's going to give you all the stuff to make this beautiful patio set, okay? But you're going to have to put those pieces together. He's going to orchestrate it. And it's like, okay, you pick up this piece, pick up this piece. But hey, it's going to work out. You're going to open the box. All the pieces are going to be there. There you go. Every screw, the Mm. the instruction manual. He doesn't give an instruction manual. (laughs) 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 But all the parts and pieces are there. That's a word, y'all. I love that. And I'm so glad you talked about community because that's something that's super important to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know where I would be without my sisterhood, without my girls, without the people who push me, without my husband, because he is like, like you say, your husband was the bouncer at one point. He was like the editor, wow. the logo maker, the market. He was everything. And um, I can remember a short story like, my recording my first episode just the intro Mm -hmm. so it's probably like maybe 10 minutes long if that Mm -hmm. and it's still on there y'all it's real ghetto but it's part of my journey so I kept (laughs) I'm about to say that the first those first few episodes are always real ghetto they're always (laughs) so janky 
little janky definitely <laughs> but I remember recording that episode like 35 times legit and after I had recorded it so many times I called him he was at work and I was like yo like I'm crying I'm like I can't do this like this I sound stupid my voice is weird I was gonna listen to it anyway people are gonna like what do I know like how am I even you know capable or I'm not an expert at anything like how am I even why am I telling people to, you know, be real for real in the sake of whatever? And he was like, if you don't get in there, pick one of those ones you already recorded and email it to me so we can get this editing thing going. I know something like we're not going to do this any longer. Like you got to start this. You've been talking about it for months. Just do it. Just do it. And if it was not for him in that moment, I promise you, I would not be right here today i would not you want to stop and honestly that's how you know your partner's a partner mm. you know what i mean not to make this about dating but in like <laughs> relationships <laughs> but it's true it's like when you are with somebody and you tell them your ideas and your dreams and mm. they take it on as their own and they push you towards them yeah that is a sign that someone's a partner because there are a lot of partners out there that you'll tell your ideas and your dreams to and they'll try to knock it down. They'll try to mm. tell you it's stupid. They'll try to diminish you. You know, they won't challenge you to think about it more or to think bigger or to like refine your strategy. They'll, yeah. you know, that's, those are all the signs that like this person is really there for you. They want to pour into you. They want to see you grow. So that's just mm. a reminder for anyone who might be looking for a partner or in a relationship yes, that, you know, they might not be sure is this the right person or not. It's like, do you feel safe sharing your dreams and ideas with mm. them? And what happens when you do? Do those ideas grow? Or do they go somewhere, get stuffed into a closet because someone made you feel silly for having that idea or having that dream? That brings up a good point. That was actually one of my next questions because support is so important for us. And the impact of positive support and nurturing of your gift is like, I mean, it's astronomical when it's done right. Mm-hmm. But when you have people who maybe you've known for a long time that aren't as supportive, that kind of hurts and it can kind of mm-hmm. like deflate your balloon, right? Mm-hmm. So have you experienced any of that along the way? Maybe some naysayers that were actually your friends and things like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, mm. I, I think... Um, a few things, you know, you kind of realize, I think there are like, as a woman, there are potentially, I think, two really big times when you realize like who your real friends are. Mm, and and one is when you are trying to start something that, uh-huh. you know, is like, might bring some attention to you or is changing the way that you might see yourself or that other people perceive you or that is just growing you in a different mm-hmm. way and 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 um, building you. And also, I say the other time is when you get married because you always yes. friends are when you get married. <laughs> and when I knew weddings, you were gonna say weddings and all that. You know, um, <laughs> I don't have kids, so I don't know. Maybe having kids is the next one, but I just feel like there are these. Those are the two times in my yes. life where I was like friends <laughs> and non friends and frenemies really revealed themselves. Same, you know, and. It's the same thing I said about being a partner. Your friend is someone who you have an idea, they want to pour into it. A friend mm-hmm. is someone's like, ooh, let me help. Ooh, let me brainstorm for you. Ooh, I know nothing about that, but let me know when it drops because I'm going to subscribe. Or yes. Like encouragement, support, you know, even mm. 
even the friends that try to like help you think through some of the gaps and the holes, like, all right, let's get this tight, right? Like, have you thought about this? Yeah. This? Um, you know, the friends who bring whatever they can to support you, whether it's an encouraging word, that's fine, or something more. And um, I think what I've learned through this journey is that, you know, those are real people that you want to like, remember, stick by, support when they, when it's their turn, when it's their turn, thank them, you know, uh, mm -hmm. however you can. But also I learned that you, those people will not always be, the people that support you will not always be the closest people to you. Say that again, please. You know, like the people <laughs> that have shown up the most mm. for the work that I've done have not always been, mm. not say that all my closest friends, but it has not always, it's been friends like from high school that I haven't talked to yeah. in a long time or an old coworker that like saw my post on Instagram and then all of a sudden they're back in my life because they've connected me to someone and they're super involved or they don't yeah. like Kickstarter or something. Like the support has usually come from people that, the person right next to you is not always going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and you, I think you'd have to, I think you have to, it's not, it's a hard learning, but it's something you just have to accept. And so at this point, yeah. I don't expect the people always closest to me to always be the ones to like, give me what I need in terms of support. Mm. I kind of have, I, I, ha I know who, I know who my friends are that support me from like a work and podcast and creative standpoint that I can really go to when I need to be uplifted, when I need to be encouraged. Like I know who those people are yeah. and they, they're not always this, the people that I thought that I would have, have expected them to be. Um, oh, I'm about, I just lost my thought, but yeah, I, I think, um, oh, and I think an, another thing <laughs> that's important to remember is at least for me, I had to think about like, who is my target audience? Right. Yes. Like, who am I doing this for? And not all my friends, even though we have a lot in common, not all my friends fall into my target audience. So what I'm working on isn't always going to be most relevant for them. So I, mm. that also kind of helps me to, um, you know, to not be disappointed by that. Cause it's like, actually it's okay. Like this, you know, that wasn't really made for you. So if you're not showing up in the way I thought it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yes. But, yeah, I'm it so it's real. I'm so glad that you said that too, especially about the target audience, because that was my thing at first. I'm not even going to lie to you, Martina. When I first started, I was like, why is my family not listening to my podcast? Like, why are they not the first people that are just, you know, hopping on, giving me those downloads? And then I thought about it, like, wait a minute, I'm expecting my, you know, 50 plus year old aunties to listen to me talk about self-love, you know, or listen to me talk about like college woes or whatever. Like they're so far removed from those sort of conversations. So other than them just loving me and wanting to listen for that reason alone, there's not really a whole lot that they might get out of it. Mm -hmm. So that kind of like put it in perspective for me as well mm -hmm. and I would say that I the most of my support has come from complete strangers people that I just met on Instagram mm -hmm. who have really like been involved in my journey and have really encouraged me so I think that's a lesson for anyone who's listening that stop looking at always don't always look at your immediate circle because there's so many more people out there that need your message or your talent or whatever you're doing mm -hmm. and they're ready to help they're ready to support they're ready to you know be there for you so just open up your circle a little bit it's okay exactly. and when you think yeah. about it it's like 
when you're starting something new, it's often because you haven't, it's what you need, mm. right? Like this is something that you're looking for. You're creating something that you haven't seen out there. Cause if you've seen it out there, you wouldn't need to create it. Right. And so if you've seen it, it probably would have already been around you. Right. Like, so it, I don't know if I'm saying, you know, it, it's like, so it would make sense that the people closest to you aren't the ones that this is quite made for because yeah. if they were able to give you what you needed you wouldn't need to create this thing you're trying to create in the first place. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I totally, yes. I, yeah, I, I, it's definitely something where like, you just gotta reset, your, gotta love, set your expectations. Don't be disappointed. Yes. It doesn't mean people don't yeah. love you. Um, but also like sometimes people, <laughs> those closest to you don't know how to respond to your growth, mm. right? Like sometimes oh, your growth takes something up in them that they need to deal with. Yeah. When I, when I, when you realize that you're just like, okay, that's not, that's nothing. I, I can't do anything about that. Yeah. You know? And so you just got to let people get, manage their stuff. Yes. <laughs> and come back to me when you, when you feel like you've resolved it and you're able to be genuine in things, come on back, sis, there's room for you. But until then, we don't need any external uh hateration in our in our dancery exactly exactly. (laughs) we're dealing with our own (laughs) exactly it's like the the naysayers in my mind are loud enough i do not need (laughs) i don't need anyone coming through my ear (laughs) (laughs) thank you we are struggling in our minds already exactly it's like it's enough (laughs) it's enough (laughs) now one thing that we talked about off camera um or off recording is our need for Mm -hmm. self-care, right? Mm -hmm. Now, we know that self-care, self-love, all those things are super trendy right now. Everybody's making their charcuterie boards and their wine and going to get crab legs. But self-care is really, it can really be hard work, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not always fluff, but it's always necessary. Mm -hmm. So kind of tell us about your self-care journey and what are some things that you've had to really work through in the past couple months with this? Yeah. Um, so I am someone who is like very much still in my self-care discovery journey in terms mm. of really identifying like what it is that makes, that refills me, that mm-hmm. makes me feel care, self-cared for, um, that kind of refuels me. But one thing that I've learned about myself is that like sleep is my, Ugh. I mean, outside of like prayer and meditation and really this whole journey has been a faith walk so that's the first thing right like me getting aligned with God and um, his vision for me um, and building that like intimacy in my relationship with him I think I would say entrepreneurship has definitely catapulted that I would be in a very different place spiritually if I was not doing this work Mm. outside of that sleep (laughs) number one number one I you know I used to not be someone that got full night's sleep like I was like oh I can in college I was living off of four hours of sleep you know post-college I was living off of six hours of sleep and it wasn't until I had kind of burnt out at one point that I like crashed and I kind of got a few days of eight hours of sleep because I just Mm. like you were more and I was like oh wow I feel so different (laughs) when I get full sleep like I don't need to be up till two o'clock in the morning and then go to work the next day like 
take your ass to bed at 10. <laughs> right. I was never that the kind of person. World. The, literally, the whole new world. It might sound like, again, it's very simple to other people, but to me, no. it was awful. And so now I am very, I'm fiercely protective of my nights. Like my night, yes. making sure I prioritize that because that is how my, I'm, uh, my anxiety is much lower. I'm better, I'm better able to manage what's on my plate and like stress the way that I respond to stress is much healthier just because I've rested. Mm. Sometimes I'll take a nap in the middle of the day. I will, I, I, I'm fortunate enough now that like I have more control of my schedule so I can do that. Um, so yeah, it's, um, yeah. So sleep is number one. Um, outside of that, you know, I think something that's like a very new learning for like a new realization for me is like mm. rest outside of that sleep. So I'm someone who I, I value my weekends. I always take Sundays off. Sometimes I take most Saturdays off, but sometimes like the work will creep up. And I thought like that was enough. I thought if I'm getting a full night's sleep and I'm taking my weekends, like I'm taking care of myself, especially as an entrepreneur. You know, everyone's like, yeah. entrepreneur, like that midnight, midnight grind. Da, da, da. I was like, I'm not just mm-hmm. resting. Then I burnt out literally two weeks ago. <laughs> And I was like, oh, oh no, <laughs> I actually, I need a vacation. Like I look up, I was like, when's the last time that you just took time off that wasn't already a weekend that you just took like, mm. you know, a weekday off, a week off. It had been a very long time. It had been before the pandemic. So, oh, wow. Yeah. And I was thinking I would take like a Friday off or a Monday off or like here and there, but I didn't just take like a week just to like do nothing. Yeah. And I just took last week off and I'm realizing and also got, you know, God was like, you need to kind of create a rhythm for yourself. Like I need to, you know, and, and one thing that I've really been trying to work through is my relationship to rest and work. Cause you know, as black people, um, especially, you know, folks who are um, like this, but, you know, came to this country on slave ships in chains, our value, our, our, our value to this country was always through our work mm-hmm. and that's something that we've internalized and passed on generationally and it's something that I was the person where like the more I got my self-worth was really tied to how much can I get done so mm. when I am too exhausted to get more done I feel really shitty I feel really bad about myself and my was my husband who was like your self-worth is not tied to your output. Like he would just mm. say, like, I'd be on the couch, like, eh. and he's like, your self-worth, <laughs> he'd walk by like your self-worth isn't tied to your output. <laughs> Go ahead. And it's something that I realized like, oh, this is some generational trauma from slavery that I need mm. to unlearn, that I need to undo um, slavery and like post, right? And, um, mm. and I think that's something that's like really important just as black people, um, and how the world treats us and how the world, what the world expects of us. I don't know if you're yeah. part of the nap ministry on Instagram, but I'm a big fans. Their whole thing is that rest is resistance. Napping is resistance because they want us to work. You know, the idea of like work twice as hard. Yeah. Half as much like you're literally working twice as hard to get half. Wow. Like that's working. Like they want you to just overwork. They want you to be depleted because when you, you know when you're tired, you can't think for yourself. When you're tired and mm-hmm. depleted, you can't be, you can't envision a better future. You can't envision a different future. You can't you don't have time to fight for that. And so it's like this idea that you know they're hoping wow. that we have to 
part of our liberation is also realizing that like rest is a right. You know, it's not a privilege. It's not a luxury. Audre Lorde said it too. She said, self-care is an act, is self-preservation and pre- preserving yourself in a country that wants to yeah. kill you is political warfare. So that I is love like, this. So that is like my new stance towards rest. Before I used to really see it as like, you don't rest until all the things that you can do are mm-hmm. done. When your to-do yeah. list is forever long, that means you never rest. But I'm starting to see it now as like a cycle. Like instead of focusing on the output, what I get done, how can I make sure that my input, my rest is better? It's like, it's, it's like the soil. It's like the seed. Yeah. You know, how do I make sure that my, my rest is, is my soil and me planting the seeds? And if my rest is good, so that means I had to also think about what does rest mean? Like rest isn't just like not working, but then watching Netflix all day, or mm. it's not work, not working and then being an Instagram all day, right? Like what are the things that really actually replenish me? It's not just not working. Mm. It's also like, yeah. what are the things that fill me up? So it doesn't mean I take a week off Instagram too, so that I am like reading books that inspire me. Doesn't mean that I'm taking walks more, that I'm doing things that, make me feel alive that make that excite me that make me feel like young again like you know playful and like the things that just kind of energize me and like getting into different crafts and hobbies and things like that and so it's really made me rethink about how I spend my rest time too because it's not just like even you know like oh I'm gonna hang out with my friends like sometimes no you'll be tired after hanging out with your friends like Mm it's just more discipline in how I think about it so that is Mm -hmm. my new philosophy on rest and I, I it's something that I'm, I'm still, um, I'm able to articulate it, but I'm still learning how to actually put it into practice because it's hard. Yeah. Taking a break is hard. Turning things off is hard. Shutting down, telling loved ones. And like, I'm not, I'm not going to talk to you for the next few days. <laughs> <laughs> for me as an extrovert, that's also hard. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it's all, I'm constantly making tweaks and like experimenting and trying new things. And so that's mm. kind of where I'm at right now. Whoa, well, you just definitely taught me something because I would always say like, oh yeah, self-care. Um, but then I would be that person that would just like watch Netflix or just kind of like scroll Instagram and, and still be thinking creatively like, oh, let me save this because I want to do this next week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I have books that I purchased intentionally to read and I have not read them yet. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm like, ah, this is my time when I'm having these moments where I'm like, I need to rest and reset my mind, truly Mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. And diving into a good book and escaping, you know, this, those are good ways. So thank you for sharing that because yes, I needed to hear that too. Yes. Yes. And, And I'm sure you come out so much more rested, so much more ready, you know, for the world and whatever's next. So yeah okay yeah and also like more creative like last week I didn't I know Instagram or Twitter no I didn't watch TV and like even that is like entertainment because like it's like oh I'm not doing anything I could have turned on the TV but it's like Mm -hmm. it's not really expanding my mind or yes you know making space for my creativity because when you get like burnt out you feel like Mm -hmm. you don't have any more creativity there's nothing left Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, how do I like, I was just trying to literally like clear out all the things that like are in the way of me having new ideas and just feeling like I can bring my creative mind into my work. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Wow. 
I'm telling y'all, this was a treat for me. I know you guys are probably like writing all these things down, but I am mentally, I'm like, okay, you've taught me so much today. And I am so like, I I know I've said it a thousand times, but I really love conversations like this, especially when I get to talk to another Black woman who is doing, I just, I feel so full. I do. And I appreciate you so much for even being here. I appreciate you and your platform and all the conversations that you're facilitating and like bringing to light because they're really important. So thank you. Thank you for having me, but thank you for the work that you do. It's really important. No, thank you. We're we're dipping and doing over here and you are definitely my motivation to keep going. So I appreciate all the gems you dropped today. And I would say because, you know, you are amazing. You have so many new things going on and your amazing platform with the podcast. You had me at Black. Tell us where we can find you and what's what's next. Yes. Yeah, so we just, uh, we're in the middle of a new season of You Had Me at Black. You can listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So wherever you're listening to this, yes. you can subscribe and leave a rating or review because it ha- helps more people find the, the platform, the podcast. And then we actually have a live storytelling event. Um, one of our, it's, we call them kickbacks. Like it's literally, it's, when you think of a kickback of like chilling with your friend and people like sharing stories and listening to music, that's what our kickbacks are. We have um, a virtual one coming up on March 26th. It's, yeah, it's like a live radio, audio, music stories experience. It's like not on Zoom. So it's making people like, oh, I'm tired of Zoom meetings. I don't want to have my camera on. It's not that. (laughs) Like you can just tune in from your phone, wherever you want to tune in from. People have tuned in from their living room they've gotten friends together made it like a game night with it playing in the background oh yeah so um that is coming on march 26th and you can head to youhadmeatblack.com to purchase your tickets and then if you are someone who is feeling creatively stifled or creatively blocked or trying to just do more creatively you want an outlet you want create community you want to write the poem that you've been trying to write, you want to become a filmmaker, whatever, whatever creative endeavor that you're, you're after and you're looking for support and community, you should join the Kinship. It's our new community that we launched in February. Um, and it's a place where you'll come get creative nurtured, creatively nurtured through different events and workshops and activities and prompts mm. and all that stuff. So visit youhadmeatblack.com to learn more about that as well. Beautifully said, and I'm definitely registering for the 26 and the kinship because I need both. Okay. <laughs> yes, come join us. <laughs> yes, I sure will. Thank you so much for joining us today, Martina. Y'all, I hope you had a pen and a piece of paper or something to write this stuff down. This was just too good. And I know that this is only the beginning for Farona's sake, and you had me at black. So I can't wait to see you soon. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> Hugs. <laughs> yeah, virtual hugs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Care.